Grace is a gift. And that's what Paul is talking about when we read in Romans now. We're going to look at understanding gifts and different gifts and living the gifts that God has given us. We're going to be looking at two passages of Scripture. Romans 12, 3 to 8. It's so short that I added something else on so that I can fill up my full 45 minutes. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11. We're going to be looking at both those passages in order to come up with our three-point outline. Let's, let's read Romans 12, 3 to 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment, as God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. For just as in one body we have many members, and not all the members serve the same purpose. In other words, we don't all look alike, is one other way to put it. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members who belong to one another. Interesting. And we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If it is prophecy, that individual must use it in proportion to his faith. If it is service, he must serve. If it is teaching, he must teach. If it is exhortation, he must exhort. If it is contributing, he must do so with sincerity. If it is leadership, he must do so with diligence. If it is showing mercy, he must do so cheerfully. With cheerfulness. Okay, <laughs> got it. First Peter 4, 7-11 to says, For the culmination of all things is near. So be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of prayer. Above all, keep your love for one another fervent, because love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. And all the people said, Amen. Father, we do come to you and ask that these words we would understand a little more fully than we have before with a greater depth of meaning, greater understanding of your will and purposes for each one of us and for us as the congregation and a people that are brought together. We want to serve and love each other as well serve and love you, the place where you've chosen us to be. Open our hearts and our understanding, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're trying to understand the gifts. Now there are other passages in the Bible where the Bible talks about gifts. There's the ones that we're talking about now are 
personal gifts that God has given us in both Romans and 1 Peter. I believe that every man, woman, and child have gifts, and that also makes us very distinctive other than our looks or even our personalities. Gifts are far beyond that. And in fact, it has a mystery to it in how God puts that together. And there's probably several of us in this room that have the same gift mix, but not exactly the same. And so we need to understand that when God designed us, like what I talked about in my introduction, so uniquely, he tweaked it just a little bit. Oh, this one, I'm just going to tweak a little bit. It's like a snowflake. There's no one snowflake that is exactly the same as the other. They're all different. And because we're so unique, we are special. Most young people throughout the world, globally, are being taught, oh, you're so special. You are so unique. You are special. Well, we've come to be this type of person that, yes, I'm special. I, I deserve to be treated nicely. Well, you know what? Yes, you are special, but that's not our focus this morning. You are special because God did something in your life, in the makeup of who you are, and you had nothing to do about it. It has nothing to do with you other than the fact that you are who you are and you have a deposit of the image of God in your life. Think of yourself that way and think of others that way and I think it'll change your perspective because we all are in the image of God. None of us have it perfectly. We're not gods. We're not little gods. We're his creation, made in his image. And to God be the glory. That wasn't even in my notes. Paul really uh, sets out something here. Sobriety. In English, that means don't be drunk that you are sober. And sometimes we get so fascinated with ourselves, we're drunk on ourselves. He wants us to be sober in our thinking. And this is how he says it. We already read this. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment. Truthfully about yourself. Don't think, well, you know, I have this gift. Well, it's too bad she doesn't. That is, that is not appreciating really God's gift in your life. Paul cautions us about gifts. It's easy for us to be proud of our gifts. Sometimes our gifts consume us. Paul uses a term which implies self-control, or in this context, God-control. 
The other thing that he talks about is, as God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. So our gifts are tied to faith. And so there are a lot of people walking around who have gifts, and some of them are very obvious. Others aren't so obvious. But in all of our gifts, we need faith. And so when a person becomes a Christian, we should understand that God wants to develop in me character and sobriety or right thinking, sincerity in who we are. And so the focus is on us when we come to Jesus. And when we give our testimony, we say, I was like this, but Jesus really made a difference in my life. He hasn't changed our gifts. He hasn't given us even extra gifts as far as our personal gifts. We're still the same person. But he has enhanced it by the fact that his life has come into ours. That Jesus Christ has come into my life. It enhances the gifts that we were born with, natural gifts. When we are then coming to that place where we understand or are beginning to understand what these gifts are, we understand that they need to come under the control of the Holy Spirit, of God himself, to walk out those things that he's given us. That's what is so beautiful about Christians, I think is that you have gifts and you're beginning to appreciate them and develop them. For who? For his glory. That's the key. And that's what we want to get across this morning. I've got a couple of tips that I want to give you. First one, now that I've said such good things about you, there is a negative side on all gifts. And that's why Paul starts out here saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. There are negatives about the gift that you have. And because of sin, and we've walked through some of this stuff in, in Romans, right? In 4, 5, 6, and 7, we've talked about some pretty down-to-earth sins and flaws that we have as human beings. But Paul is trying to bring a perspective here now that we need to humble ourselves. We need to understand that God has gifted us and loves us. And with those gifts, he wants us to bring glory to him. What are the negative sides? Well, for instance, the gift of, say, leadership can be used for our own purposes even in the church, and can become dangerous to ourselves as well as to others. One of the greatest things that splits a church is leadership. Let that sink in. Your pastor, or your teacher, or your deacon, or your elder, or someone in authority has a grave serious, a sober responsibility 
to walk godly, in order to be in leadership. And we'll talk a little bit more about leadership and what, what that is in each of these gifts as we walk through this. But leadership is really under attack today in the church globally. And we need to pray for our leaders. I need your prayer. Katie knows it, but maybe you don't. I, I do need your prayer. Because God is, has called me to be spending, well, 45 minutes or so with you every week. And some of you are saying, shorten it down a little bit, Ron. We have things to do in the afternoon. <laughs> but God has, has given you some gifts. And the combination of them, we look at you and we say, whoa, there's a leader. There are some qualities. There are some gifts there of leadership. Each gift has its pitfall. We need to be aware of those things in our life if we understand our gifts. It's not just, oh, well, I've got a gift of whatever. Watch out. There's a negative side to it. And you've probably been practicing it more than you have the good side. I know you guys. (laughs) Over the years, I have understood that one of my strong gifts is exhortation. And exhortation is a very, very good gift. But it also is a very dangerous gift. You can drive your kids nuts. Well, that means crazy. And that's why my three kids that are born of me, and even the ones that we adopted them, Dad, back off, huh? There's something about exhortation. No, you're not doing it the right way. Here, let me show you how to do that. Now, you can drive your children crazy, and your wife. But exhortation is speaking about the things that you should be doing. And I am so picky about that in my life. That's the negative side of my gift of exhortation. I'm not a very good preacher, but I can sure exhort. (laughs) Have you noticed that about me? Anyway, let's get on. This is getting too nitty-gritty. Our gifts can be used in a wrong way or in a controlling way. We have different gifts. God has made us so different. And the combinations of, of different gifts are spread out throughout this congregation. And we need every one of those gifts and those combinations. That's why the body of Christ is so important. The apostles often referred to the church as the body or the body of Christ. Can you imagine, look around at this room now. Just look at the people around. Where are the eyes, the ones who can see things? Where are the hands, the ones that can do things, like making turkeys? Where are the hands? Where are the arms? Where are the feet? God has given us gifts in this body to do the things he's called us for. And you know what? We are many members. And 
we need to coordinate. How many have two hands? Great. Yes, we have two hands. And God has made us that way. We have two ears. We only have one mouth. Imagine what it would be like to put the sweet things in this mouth and the sour things in this mouth. You know, even when I say that word of sour and sweet, I have a very super sensitive palate. Is that what it is? Okay. That just water just starts. In fact, I've got to swallow right now. He gave us one mouth and mixed a whole bunch of stuff right there to to sensors. So unique. And some people can eat lemons without a problem. How about how about onions? But you know we're so different in our functions as well. And uh, uh, Paul says, for just as in one body we have many members, he says, then that we have different functions. And not all members serve the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ. And jumping down to six, and we have different gifts or, you know, this, this word in the Greek is charismata. And you've heard about the charismatics. Well, they're focusing mainly on one gift or two. But according to the grace, which is grace is also the same word. Kara is as gifts and grace. So they mean the same, it's the same word. It just has a different form that are given to us. Then he goes down and lists off, begins to list the different various gifts. And these are ministry gifts. They are individual ministry gifts. What is prophecy? To declare the divine will, to interpret the purposes of God, or to make known the truth of God. Now maybe you thought that prophecy was only just speaking a word and it happens speaking the word about something that will happen. No. That basically is the word speaking truth of God. It doesn't necessarily talk about or mean that it's a prediction. We use that word prophecy as basically we think of in our minds, at least in English, we think of it as being a prediction of what's going to happen. And that is not what that word means. It, it means to speak the truth of God. And so Paul puts it in this perspective. Use it in proportion to your faith. Not just blot it out because it's a gift and you can speak this in this kind of manner, but that use it with faith. Faith in who? Faith in God, in the Holy Spirit, in your life. Very important. And these days, this gift is abused in many, many churches, I'm sorry to say. We need to be careful of this gift. Like we said, there's negative sides. If it's service, we must serve. And notice, Paul is saying must, must, must. What does he mean by must? That you just, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. No, 
it means that your first reaction or your first compelling feeling is that's what moves me. If you have the gift of service, could somebody get me a glass of water, please? No, okay, I'm just joking. There's Setsko. She's the server. You see how quickly, and, and there was somebody else. Mayumi, yes, yes. Her husband's a, a teacher, but she's a server. You see how it, that's, that's the must. I mean, not even my wife got up to go get me a glass of water. Oh, really? You saw her flinch? But she probably knew what was in my brain. Let's move on. If it's teaching, he must teach. By the way, as we add these things in, just kind of think about the mix of these things. You know, Flossie is an incredible server, but she's an incredible teacher. So these things are combined, right? You understand that. If it's exhortation, then Ron must do it. No. <laughs> Let me wear that one out. If it is in contributing, he must do it with sincerity. What does contributing mean? Giving? You easily think about money. No, it is not just about money. It's about giving and being generous. And there are people... Even if they don't have the money, they'll find the money to give to you because they have that gift of contributing. If it's leadership, he must do so with diligence. And that means that we do this in not just in our own particular compelling desire, although desire is not a gift. It's part of the human heart. But... We just do it out of being compelled to do it. But with leadership, it requires diligence. Diligence means looking around and seeing where the needs. And it also has to do with, oh, you know what? This person needs this. That person over there is really gifted for what this person needs. That is true leadership, where we're aware. He's not here right now, so I can say this about him, and don't let him know that I talked about him, okay? Minoru is a leader. But you know what? You hardly ever see him up front here, unless I call him up here. He has his eye looking over the congregation and seeing what the needs are. And he understands who can help that person. Did you know that about Minoru? He is that way. Very much a quiet guy, but very much aware of the body of Christ. God has put leadership in his life. Showing mercy. He must do so cheerfully. There are a lot of mercy people. This seems to be a, quite a prevalent gift, but it, it's hard to recognize sometimes. It also has a negative side to it. 
and that is mercy people are always running around seeing the needs and trying to help people. And they wear themselves and everybody else out. And so that's why Paul puts it together with cheerfulness. Don't do it because of your gift, but with it, cheerfulness to do it. Don't wear yourself out. Mercy people get worn out easily because their heart is in it, because their emotions are in it, because the needs are so vast and the resources seem to be so limited. Let's learn how to live our gifts. First Peter says, For the culmination of all things is near. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about Peter. First Peter, Peter's condition was that he was in prison, in a Roman prison. And he dictated this letter to John Mark. And he says, The culmination of all things is near. What does that mean? I haven't got a lot of time, guys. The Roman emperor is after my head, and I may not live much longer. And then he says, so be self-controlled. And again, Peter uses the same word that Paul does in his letter to the Romans. Be sober-minded. Sober-minded. Don't be drunk with your own giftedness. Be serious. Be really realizing we haven't got a lot of time here. And it would be a shame for us to to know one another and we really haven't ministered to anybody because we didn't really discern the times that we're living in. These are critical days that we're living in. We'll go into that in another message. But he says, be sober-minded for the sake of prayer. Prayer is really important when we look at gifts. Prayer should come out of your giftedness. God has made you to see life and to sense what the needs are. And those should be focused and most expressed in prayer. I love to listen to people's prayers. Do you do that when you're praying with somebody? Come to Wednesday night and then just sit there and listen. You can hear people's gifts in their prayers. Whether it's somebody who has mercy, oh Lord, this person is really hurting. I really know that they're they're hurting. Would you be kind to them and show them your love? That's a prayer of a mercy person. Oh Lord, Teach that person not to do that again. And would you correct them and and bring them back to yourself that they would learn to walk in your ways and not to ignore your word? That's an exhorter, by the way. That's the kind of prayers I pray, by the way, I think. Above all, keep your love for one another fervent. Gifts are important. Love is more important. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Hospitality. We read this, and maybe you've already forgotten it, but Peter says, show hospitality to one another without complaining. And he's speaking of hospitality in the context 
of giftedness and of gifts. What is hospitality? In English, do you understand what that word is? It means that you're, you make people feel at home. You do all kinds of things for them to make them feel comfortable. Uh, give them the best chair that you've got in the house and uh, to sit down on. And you have beautiful flowers and a beautiful meal that smells so good when you walk into your house. That's hospitality. But Peter really means that not in the context of we all just love each other, but he puts it in the context of we don't really know each other yet, and we need to get to know each other. We're virtual strangers. That's what the word hospitality means, loving strangers. Now, we know the Yonayamas. They have hospitality. They love strangers. <laughs> They're always having strangers in their house. I think so. <laughs> and uh, Hero's sitting back there, and uh, he says, well, that's my wife's gift. <laughs> my, wife, my gift is cooking. <laughs> He's, he loves to serve, yeah. And that's the mix between this couple. Incredible. The next Peter talks about is stewardship. He says, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Stewards, stewardship. Means that the gift that we have, we are responsible for it. God gave it to us. We're the ones that need to develop it and use it properly. We need to be good stewards of the varied grace of God. It's important for us in the Christian life. So that's why we talk about gifts at this point. Paul has moved from the theological, spiritual side of being a Christian to the down-to-earth, practical teaching on what it means to be a Christian. Jesus said, they will know you by your works. But he also said, let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father that is in heaven. Very important thing. We're not just to consume our gifts on ourselves. In fact, if you're consuming your gifts to yourself, that's not the purpose of gifts. It's to give them away, to be an agent of God's flow in his life in you so that you live your gifts. Okay, this is my second tip. I've got ten more. No, I only have two. How can I know what my gift is? Okay, here's a simple thing that Katie and I have. Well, did we, we didn't come up with this originally. In a seminar. Yeah, we were in a class and we thought, that makes sense. Think about what bothers you most. And if you pick on something that just really 
eats in your heart and you think, why does that person act that way? Oh, this situation just makes me very upset. And you tell your spouse or your, your best friend, this really bugs me. What is it? Think about that. Look at what the opposite might be for that situation. Think about what bothers you most or causes you pain or anxiety. If it causes you pain when you see someone suffering, what do you think that is? Mercy. You want to run and jump right in and help that person. You're a mercy person. That's probably a dominant gift in your life. There may be other gifts as well. By the way, I didn't mention this. Jesus Christ is the only one that was perfect man and perfect God. And it says of him, he had the sevenfold spirit of God, which means he had all of the gifts when he came to earth. We're not created that way. But the gifts that he has given us, we need to give them to God. Whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. I already talked about that. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. And that's the whole purpose of why God allowed us to be born, is that we should be glorifying God through Jesus Christ and his life in us. Think about that this week as you go through your week. Have I piqued your curiosity about what your gifts might be? I hope so. It wasn't me. It was Paul's and Peter's words. And we're just moving along through Romans. And I think it's very, very necessary at this point when we get down to the practical aspects of living out the life of Christ. God bless you. And may this be one of those things that you, one of these searches to try to understand God's will and purpose for your life. Why he's called you to be part of this body and part of the overall body of Jesus Christ worldwide. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for giving to us those things that we don't deserve, but you've made them a very part of our fabric and our thinking and our feelings and our whole being. And when we came to you, we said, we surrender all to you. And we surrender our gifts to you. Because they're really yours, not ours. But we thank you that you have given us what is part of you and we give them back to you as a glory and a praise. In Jesus' name, amen.